Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I'm speaking to you from Irvine, California. Oh, I'm Stephen G. I got caught up in your your announcement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Irvine? What happened to us? OC, the OC, that no one wants to call it that. I'm Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it's going to rain here today, and I can't wait because I want a nap. Mm. I'm Seth Rodney. I am the opinions editor at the Hyperallergic blog. And uh, I've been waking up earlier the older I get. Now my body just wants to like be up at like 7.30 in the morning. What's up with that? Oof. Man, oh That's my a God. tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, except for a farmer, it's fine. <laughs> You're not a farmer. <laughs> This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And actually, we were just, they were helping me process my frustration with the COVID stuff um, before the podcast, which we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks again. So in a kind of extension of our changing minds uh, aspect of transition. So um, we're still, you know, kind of large, largely in a broader sense talking about transitions. One of the things we do on the podcast is kind of explore a theme in a variety of angles, but we've kind of moved into this idea of well, you know, sort of making transitions, facilitating other people's transitions by uh, by either changing our own minds or trying to change the minds of other people around things that we think are correct um, or worthwhile. Uh, and this week and next, you know, two part uh, discussion, uh, we're going to be talking about our strategies for doing that. Like how how do we go about changing our minds and changing others? Do we have a strategy for like sort of being more open-minded ourselves? Uh, or do we have techniques or strategies for trying to facilitate um, a kind of openness or a willingness to change in another person? So, um, Stephen, Seth, anyone want to leap into the breach? And mm. Seth? Yeah, I'll take a shot. Uh, you first. Um, for sure. Um Strategies, I think, I just, I think it's intuitive. So it's not something that I consciously decide to do, but I have a real allegiance to the truth. So Mm. because I do, because I care about the truth, even if it's truth about myself that I don't particularly like, I'm still willing to look at it. I'm still willing to have that conversation. If, if I, if I encounter someone, who has something to say, like we've, like we've done on this podcast, like there've been moments when I've said blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's just white supremacy. And, and Steven or Travis, either of you will like say, no, 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 it's not, it's a bit more nuanced than that. So in this instance, it's actually a combination of that and this other thing. And because, you know, partly because I trust you both, um, I'm willing to take that on. And have that actually, actually change the way I think about that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But underneath, I'll do that. I'll do that work. But underneath that, there's a, this, this deep allegiance to knowing what is true and mm-hmm. being able to separate that out from what is false. So I don't think that's so much a strategy as it is. Uh, I think it's a fair response, though. I, I think, it, it, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's 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 a 
it's 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 uh, not it's not a proclivity. It's deeper than that. It's um, it's 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 built into me to want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know I've said it multiple times on the podcast, and it's not my it's not my saying. I always uh, like to you know attribute where I heard it, which is a buddy of mine. Pete Sheldon, who uh, was a reporter for a while, um, and you know does other stuff now, uh, works for WebMD, I think. But um, and he, it is something that had been passed to him um, from an editor that he had when he first started, when he first got started as a newspaper reporter, uh, which is that um, the the truth is an acquired taste, and that it's mm. it's bit, it's a bitter taste. But once you have acquired that taste, nothing else will satisfy. Mm. Um, and it sounds, I mean, I got to say, like, as soon as you say, you know, obviously it sounds pretentious. I mean, there's just no way around it. Like for, for you or me or for one of us or anyone that we could, for us to say like our, you know, our ally is the truth. Like it sounds like we're saying like our ally is the force or something. And, you know, like the thing that, that, that we're invested in is the truth. Mm. Um, I get that it sounds pretentious. I know that, but it's just, that's real. Like, and there are people that that is not real for. Um, and it doesn't, it, you know, it's something you have to ask yourself in the dark of night. Yes. You know, yes. like when you are alone and everything else is like kind of falling away it's private. and you're not performing for mm-hmm. anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. Do you really want the truth about yourself and your life? And, and, and in my experience, it's not like we are, um, we are unique, but we are definitely a minority. It is a minority. It is just Mm. a minority of people that now I would argue on, and on most days, I would argue it's a significant minority. You know, we're not talking like 5% or something like that. I, I, I really do think a significant minority of people, um, do care more about what is real and what is true than they care about posturing or vanity or winning. But it's still a minority in my experience. What about you, Stephen? I was thinking about what you said earlier about, um, you didn't use the word, but when you are unencumbered by the pressure of having to have an opinion, which is what mm-hmm. social media has been terrible at, you know, mm-hmm. and Twitter, you've got to have something to say about the thing you just heard about two seconds ago, mm. you know? Um, so to answer the first question, I've been thinking about the strategies and three things came to mind. One, if I'm having a conversation with someone and we're trying to get at something and we're in disagreement about that thing, I'll speak slower and I'll also like change my temperament because mm. I think that, if you're yelling at somebody, they're hearing the yelling, they're hearing mm-hmm. the anger, they're mm-hmm. hearing the disappointment. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to back away from my ego and back away from being right mm-hmm. and say, well, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. If not this, what do you take on this? And some people are, they're fair. They, 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 take, it, they take up the cause the way mm-hmm. I want them to. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong after a while because now we've got this idea, right? And it's better for the both of us. I mean, at least it's better for me. Because then I have to change or I have to go, okay, I didn't consider that part of it. I was coming at it from this point of view. The other second one was to demonstrate. So it's to demonstrate a particular kind of um, 
fidelity to the idea. It's closely linked to the first thing I said. Mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. to to show that this thing, or so, sometimes for it could be just a movie, and I can say this is what I noticed during these scenes. Mm-hmm. This is what I noticed during these scenes, mm-hmm. and this is something that's easily researchable. You watch it, you can see it, and I would demonstrate mm-hmm. the kind of engagement I want with the person, right? So, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's to change their ideas so much. It's just that I want to be understood. And I want to understand what they are coming from. Because if you're coming mm-hmm. from a position where you're ignorant about something and you have an opinion, I'm I, I get I used to be really arrogant about, oh, well, you don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking? Mm-hmm. You know, right. because you and also you don't know anything, you're not trying to know nothing. Right. Because they're two together. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And the the very last thing was, and, and so friends of mine have helped me think these things through. Evidence. You can mm-hmm. go right here and watch this. And again, that's connected to the first and the second mm-hmm. thing I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Here's the evidence. So what do you do with that evidence? Because if you present people with the choice to go see the evidence or intake or crunch the information, mm-hmm. then I think that's better sometimes because it relieves me of the responsibility of being right, mm-hmm. being egocentric and say, here it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The rant you were going through earlier before we got on the podcast, Travis, was interesting to me. And I, I, I saw your passion. And I think at one point in my mind, I said, so what's your point? Mm. And then I said, you know what? I don't have enough information mm-hmm. because I want to believe that masks work and that social distancing works. And I want to believe that the lockdowns were important to do. Mm-hmm. But that's a feeling. It's not the science. It's not right. other it's ways not the, of thinking about it. So I need, right. and I need that privilege, not the privilege, but I deserve that space to investigate. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I came up with. But so I, I want to say, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I've interrupted you, Stephen. I'm sorry. I apologize. No problem. The very last thing I want to say is that mm-hmm. I think I'm surrounded. I was more engaged in different ways based on where I worked. So if I was at the Schomburg and people mm-hmm. were talking about something that happened in another country or something that broke out or what have you, there was more of a chance to disagree with people than in my normal life where mm-hmm. I am. Um, mm-hmm. I've looked up the word echo chamber and that led me to epistemology. Um, was it bubble? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, okay. Maybe echo chamber, but not necessarily an epistemological um, bubble mm. because I do try to hear what other people are saying about gun control, mm. about abortion. Mm. And I, I grunt all the way through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, but Grimace, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much I can take. There are times when I'm like, no, we're just watching some stupid shit on television. We're not engaging in news at the moment. Right. But I do try. I do try. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah. So That's one it. of the things that really comes forward to me from what you just said, Stephen, is that, and this is a, a really clear distinction in my head between kind of quote unquote, changing someone's mind and what you're doing. What you're doing is you're finding a common ground on which to meet and exchange points of view. You're saying, okay, I want to understand how you got here, right? So here's the evidence. We're both looking at this like, okay, or or we're looking at different bodies of evidence, but let's talk about what those bodies are. Um, And let's meet at a place where we can at least Talk to each other about how we're getting there, like how we're mm-hmm. sifting this, mm-hmm. how we're making sense of what we experience. Mm-hmm. And that is very different from, because even the rhetorical construction of saying, how do we change someone's mind, right? Right. Makes me think of applying force or applying some sort of um, energy to an object, 
to mm-hmm. change the trajectory mm. or the or the material okay. um, manifestation, the action of that object, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's already too sort of um, subject object, right? Mm-hmm. We're like right. you know, some we're acting as someone's being acted upon, and that's absolutely not the construction you're making. You're making a construction mm-hmm. of two objects are coming together in a certain arena and in that arena, certain kinds of exchange have become possible. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, as you were using it, uh, as you were uh, sort of describing uh, Stephen's strategy, uh, you, you reach for a couple of words that uh, triggered an extended analogy. I, I don't think I can quite pull the analogy off. It's, it's one related to physics and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously work in physics is anything that requires energy and that's required for change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these mm-hmm. are like baseline mm-hmm. definitions. Mm-hmm. But for, in order for this to work, there has to be a, a necessary um, relationship between the two things, right? I mean, matter yes. and energy are essentially the same things, you know, different inertial frames, different compositions, et cetera. Right. There are things that in the physical universe that do not interact with normal matter. Yes. Or, um, right. mm-hmm. and I can't quite build the bridge eloqu- eloquently, but what it, what it leads me to quite easily in to reach for as an explanation is that you have to be relating to the person that you're talking to. You have to be coming from a similar space yes. or it's not going to result in what you result, what you want to, what you're looking for as an outcome. And if you approach someone as a combatant, what you will receive in return is combat Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if, if you, if you approach someone, if you approach another adult, uh, man, woman, or in between mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. some sort of aggressive posture about how you know the truth and mm-hmm. what is right, mm-hmm. that person is not going to react well to your, your posturing. That's right. ju- they're just not. Even if no. you are absolutely one thousand percent correct, and vaccines do not cause autism, for example, because right. they because because they, they don't. don't. <laughs> Sorry, Jim McCarthy. Sorry, Jim McCarthy. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, if you if someone in these in someone in these groups that you are able to isolate like a gazelle mm. and like try mm. and actually like pull them out of the the herd mm. um because that's what it is because the other thing you know that comes into the mix that that makes it far more complicated maybe we can talk about this um in the second part of the conversation is that mm. oftentimes you're not just in a good faith effort attempting to change someone's mind because right. there are entrenched power interests on the other side that are pushing counter knowledge net like uh, uh counter epistemologies with right. vested material mm-hmm. interests in those mm-hmm. counter epistemologies Th- there is a very well to do anti-vaxxer multi- probably multiple well to do anti-vaxxer organizations that receive lots of money from their constituents mm-hmm. and have nice cushy jobs and mm-hmm. their only you know their only job is to put out shit on Facebook or go do interviews so mm-hmm. those people are going to be invested in perpetrating that that kind of knowledge so mm-hmm. I do think that that is a sort of a separate issue, and I'm rambling a little bit, which I apologize for. But it, it, my my main point is that I, I do think the main, the very first move in trying to change anyone's mind, which you know S- Stephen was sort of gestured towards in explaining like how he goes about doing that, and which you picked up on too, Seth, is is you you have to 
approach the person with some kind of empathy mm-hmm. and and an actual willingness to change your own mind if you yourself are presented information that you did not know about. Absolutely. Like, but I but I want to pick up uh, but I want to pick up on yeah, that please. on that sort of um Mess. <laughs> developing analogy. No, no, right, right. No, you're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. The point I want to really hone in on is this idea that you can be in the world um, in, in, in a good and, and enter into conversations in a good faith effort to find out what the other person is thinking and why. But you will encounter people who will have nothing to do with that. Like matter, antimatter. Like there are people who are sort of the version of antimatter. Like, I mean, Absolutely. I think we've all said this before and he's an easy target, but he's an easy target. Ted Cruz, like Ted Cruz will get up in the Senate and say things mm-hmm. like, Second Amendment, blah, 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 can't limit gun rights, good faith, uh, uh, good, decent, uh, law-abiding Hard Americans are going to be, yeah, exactly, American people. Like, we're, we're, we don't know, but we're pretty sure he's lying. And he knows he's telling, <laughs> he's saying something that is, that is utterly untrue, um, that is just morally and intellectually indefensible. But he has, he gets a ton of money from the gun lobby and, uh, he has allegiance to the, to, to, to those folks who line his pockets. When I meet someone like him in the world, there is no point in doing what Stephen does, which is like carving out a, an empathetic space to meet and exchange views because mm-hmm. he's, he's mm-hmm. not interested. There is nothing, nothing will come of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the thing though, because. Implicit in the question about how to change someone's mind is that you have a position. So I do think something could come out of it, but it's an intellectual exercise. And in some ways it might reaffirm what you believe. Mm. I don't think there's just one thing where you believe or you change your mind. I think that there are other ways. Understanding your your strat- your um the emotion put forth with someone like a Ted Cruz. Someone mm-hmm. who you meet at a dinner party and you're just kind of going, I can't wait to get away from this motherfucker. Right. You yes. know, but <laughs> I usually say you're on my talk show, so I'm going to go in. I don't have to be Steven here. I don't have to be the person who has an answer. I can just go ask questions, you know. So I think mm-hmm. that there's always um, something useful in a conversation, regardless of the outcome. Do you know what I mean? I, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to, because I've definitely felt in my life, I've been on the planet only about 50 years. I know that um, th- there are lots of people who are mm. listening to us who've been on the planet longer and have maybe a wider breadth of experience. But I have had conversations where I felt that was a complete waste of my time, that I should have done something else with my time rather than engage in that conversation. That I think that does happen. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm not willing to say like every conversation like no some actually you pick up some fruits and they're dry husks there's no juice in them. But see here's mm-hmm. the juice right here's here's one example <laughs> of the juice. 
So I remember, I think I might have said this before. I was watching Community, the show with Donald Glover at one point. Yeah, that's a great show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right. And there's this moment where Donald Glover is telling, his character is telling another character that he just got punched in the face by somebody. And then he remembered, this will make a great story someday. And I go, that's my life. So if I don't get what I want necessarily, sometimes there's a story in it that's Mm -hmm. useful. I can Mm -hmm. tell it to Seth or to Travis, or I can Mm -hmm. be... Be be outside of the story, and I feel like I wasted my time because I feel like everything has use. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say, Seth, I won't be disingenuous, that I haven't walked away from something going, good God, you know, <laughs> because I've done it before. I'm standing with someone, I'm going, how much longer are we going to go on about Beyonce? I don't understand mm. what's happening here. Right. And then, <laughs> right. I want to walk down the street with my friend, and you stopped and talked about Beyonce's concert, you know, so I mean... Right. <laughs> So I look around, I look at the, you know, the architecture. How does mm-hmm. that mean? It looks like a pre-war building. You know, mm-hmm. I'll find some way to <laughs> occupy myself, mm-hmm. right? Right. That allows me some space not to be frustrated. And that's a slightly different thing because I'm not engaging a person about Beyonce, but but I do I do the talk show. Yeah. 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 One is, one is the version, you know, you know, I love the fruit analogy, you know, one is the version of like picking up the fruit and, and eating the fruit. And the other is a, your version of it, Stephen, is composting. Like you've taken the fruit that is useless and you've put it into a compost in order exactly. to turn You're it into some fertilizer. Yep. Yeah. Some fertilizer yep. or some other thing. So sure. I mean, in that way, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm with, I'm, I'm with Seth on it. Like there are definitely, you know, and someone like a Ted Cruz, you know, I, I don't generally like to pick um, villains in public space because they tend to be so caricatured um, yeah. that we have a hard time seeing them. Um, but I do, you know, I it, Ted Cruz is one that I would pretty vigorously defend uh, for making that move because I do think I, I think he's um, he he is a lawyer in his soul. And 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 by and by that I mean that the truth is something is something to be adjudicated, and yep. in yep. an adversarial court, and the person with the most clever argument is going to win, right. and that is his allegiance, and right. it's not to some kind of principle or the truth. That that is definitely you, you just my described experience. Described a lot of lawyers, space. Dershowitz, all these other folks. Absolutely, thank you for no, saying it. That yeah, way. no, definitely. That's what yeah. your allegiance is, to yeah. is the winning. Yes, to yeah. power, to yeah. power, yeah, they're, yeah, to power. My they're clever, is, right, right. right. How, but I wanna, how clever can I be as a monkey to figure this out? I'm sorry, go ahead. For sure, for sorry, sure, for sure. No, that I'm glad you said that. Um, but I do want to say, I want to point out something that Stephen said before, which is something I was thinking of uh, when we started the conversation. I thought it was really important to point to uh, as a rhetorical strategy that when we are engaging in uh, an effort. To maybe, maybe I'm going to nuance this and say not change someone's mind, but to understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. and to make sense of their worldview. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. super important to ask questions. And, um, and I'll give uh, a little anecdote. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend Len, Leonard Nalens. Um, I think you all know him. Um, Stan, yeah. yeah. And, um, and we went on that walk together with, um, Len and Christine, uh-huh. uh, Stephen, um, a while I remember back. This. I like, yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah, yeah. Len's a good guy. So Len has an extended family in uh, Philly. Um, his mom, I think, still lives there. And he has two brothers who are in or, in or around Philadelphia. I mean, they may not be in the city. 
Anyway, years ago, he got together for a Thanksgiving dinner, and the uh, you know uh, it's just sort of typical family extended family get together. And there's an uncle of his mm-hmm. who uh, showed up, very right wing, very vocal, very into mm-hmm. you know owning. Oh, the- you've told me this. Story. Please go. I you told. I love. It's a great story. Oh, yeah, this is good. Please very continue. into yeah. lo- owning the libs, and mm-hmm. and they're having this conversation around things. Yeah, around politics, la la la, and. Um, the uncle says something um, really inflammatory, and 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 Len's like, you know, the you know the problem with this conversation is all this time, every year that we've had this ongoing discussion about politics, I've never heard you ask a question. Mm-hmm. And, I remember that, and that kind of shut him up. Yeah, and. He, that's the. Yeah, it's a that's great the, response. It's a great, great response. response. It's like yeah. it's like. Ask a question. Like, f- try to try to at least figure out how I see the world. Like, that is crucial. That is mm-hmm. crucial. I think it's crucial because it again absolves that person of being right. Mm-hmm. You put some. Mm-hmm. You put it in another space. Mm-hmm. What about questioning? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how did you come about that? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. can you ask a question about it? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. who wants to be embarrassed like that? In, mm. in public, you know, mm. or even in a mm-hmm. private session with people, mm. you know, um, that guy can either be defensive or ask a question or be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it works. And it works, and it perhaps it works. I and mean, clearly, it sounds like it did in Lynn's instance. It works in a fam, you know in a in a familial environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, to go back to sort of the earlier thing we kind of gestured towards, there are people that that would absolutely not work on, and the response would be like, "Yeah, I don't need to ask you any questions because you don't know anything." Or they or or they do that thing where they ask um, what are the what is the word there's a particular word for this they ask the kind of question where it's a rhetorical question they don't really yeah. they don't really expect yeah. an answer they're like mm-hmm. I, I remember doing these meetups um, years back and there was a guy irascible son of a bitch who used to <laughs> uh, uh, show up at all these um, and it was a, a philosoph- philosophical meetup we bat around mm-hmm. a question for an hour or two. And he would, he, his historical strategy was, well, do you believe that there is such a thing as free will? And then you'd answer, well, I don't. And then he'd go on to say why he oh. doesn't. And then every single time, well, do you think that, uh, they instituted the mask mandate, this is before mask mandates. Um, they instituted mm-hmm. the mask mandate to, um, actually save lives. Yes, I do. Well, I don't. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> point in answering that man's question. But then there's right. another thing in the, in the Lynn way of sort of asking this question. It's like, you know, I see the bones of what you're doing. I see the skeleton. I see mm-hmm. the, like, you know, you, mm-hmm. what is your position? Mm-hmm. What is your actual position on this rather than mm-hmm. just being argumentative? I dated mm-hmm. a, a yeah. law student at one point mm-hmm. and everything was well on the one hand and on the other hand. I was like, which hand are you on? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be bothered with being an exercise for your th- law class. Right. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but even that, I mean, that's just annoying. I have to go with yourself. Uh, what are you talking about? You know, yes. but yeah. it is a philosophy meetup, right? Because was that the point? Well, no, I think the point was to get. I would say the point was to get to a place of clarity with these larger questions, like um, in in what way does one's uh, free will um, complicate or um, uh, or exacerbate differences uh, in 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 a community? 
Like, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. question. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the point of, uh, the point of that for me is not just to sort of engage in the exercise. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, working your sort of intellectual muscles is also to come to clarity on the question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. You know, I mean, be under sort of underlying what we're talking about is, you know, you have to have some kind of commitments to something mm-hmm. to I agree. even want to make mm-hmm. the yeah. effort to change someone's mind or, you know, be committed to changing your own. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, someone like, you know, to just to, again, to pick the, the cartoon villain here, someone like Ted Cruz, it's difficult to imagine him having any deep commitments beyond himself that would make him want to change his mind about anything other than what would serve his interest, i.e. his flip-flop on Donald Trump, right? So, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. going from going from actually having a moment of with some backbone where at the Republican <laughs> National Convention, he, um, you know, he actually basically said to vote your conscience and didn't explicitly endorse Trump to, you know, a year later being, you know, one of his loudest defenders and, and, you know, and sort of one of his knights, you know, like an antagonist for him. Mm-hmm. After the man against him, after the I would man call insulted, them a lapdog. Right. <laughs> after oh, the man yeah, insulted his right. wife, I like dogs, so. insulted <laughs> his wife, called his wife ugly, and suggested that his father has something to do with JFK's murder. Like <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have some commitments to something other. To I would argue, you know, my, my, I would argue to something more ennobling. Um, oh, yeah. in order to want to make the, the act to put a good faith effort into changing someone's mind at, or to your, I'm always, there's always an EG or your own, right? I always mean your own, changing your own mind as well. I, yeah. as an example, not, mm-hmm. I don't always mean the other person. Um, like you've got to have some kind of commitments to something else, um, right. to, that you give a shit about. Like you just, you do. And there are people who don't. Right. There are people just, who clearly don't have demonstrated, you know, in the midst of a snowstorm, taking his children and blaming his children, <laughs> you know, to go to some Caribbean place. And, oh, wait a minute, I got to get back to Texas. Oh, here's some water. <laughs> right. have, have some water. I like the mayor who said, I don't like him, but at least he was honest, which is, hey, we don't owe you guys nothing. Get your own electricity. Get your own water. And then, of course, he resigns. But I'm going, this yeah. fool said what he believed. He died yeah. on that sword. Good. You yeah, know? But yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you, Ted, you wanted always. Those are the people I, I do get frustrated with because I'm like going, pick a side. Be mean. Be not mean. You know, whatever. You know, and not be not nuanced, but that's clearly Ted Cruz. I mean, he would lie on his children. <laughs> the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy has so, no scruples. Uh, None. Area scruple that I would trust. No. That was part one of our discussion. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next week when we continue our discussion. 